Boo and hello everybody. Welcome to the Pinktron. I am Brent Robinson and we've got a full house today. Uh well, let's start uh we got Steve Pritchard. Steve's not drinking anything. I, oh no, sorry. He's got a bottle of wine, but I think he's not going to say anything. He's just going to wave because he's he's just here to add uh hand signals. You'll just have to trust us that he's contributing to the conversation otherwise. Uh but otherwise, oh there he is. All right. Otherwise, we have uh, Marianne Levesque, Mary Line Devlager. Oh man, Mary Line, what are you drinking? Um, I'm I'm a bit boring today. I've got a a a, a ride tomorrow, so I'm doing a little bit of uh, uh, carb loading. So I've got a very nice bottle of chocolate and cherry uh, shake with uh, some oatmeal added. For the extra carbs. Sounds delicious. <laughs> it's it's quite good. Good, good. And we have with us also Chris Greenland. Chris, what are you drinking? Oh, sorry. I've been boring again. Um, been boring all week, actually. My kids got me sick, so I'm uh, just nursing a little bit of black tea at the moment. Sorry. It's all good. Might be the theme until we get to the end here. And we also have Craig Martin. Craig, what are you drinking? So... Uh... I, I jumped straight from a, a meeting into this, but I did make a, a quick detour to the fridge and I have a lumber sexual session IPA. Awesome. I'm wearing the appropriate shirt for that. Apparently you can't see it, but it is plaid and flannel. <laughs> and we also have Sean Fogenberg. Sean, are you able to talk and what are you drinking? Oh yeah. I sound, I sound worse than Chris. <clears throat> Uh, I'm drinking a LaCroix passion fruit, like boring, boring Sean this time. Good, good. And we have a very special guest with us today. You know him. We know him. We all love him. With us is James Bailey. James, what are you drinking? So I'm I'm a little bit disappointed about what appears to have happened to this podcast in the last 12 months because we're, we're getting an awful lot of boring drinks. But um, I have a bottle of um, Cabernet Shiraz called um, Shot in the Dark, um, and it has um, many words written on the back, trying to tie it very, very loosely to why it's called Shot in the Dark. And my only assumption is that they decided that would be a good name, but it's quite tasty. Was it from Aldi? <laughs> no, actually, um, I, I sent Craig a picture earlier. My um, free monthly Lifeweights delivery arrived today, which is um, generally 12, bo 12 bottles of uh, pure glory. Um, so actually, it is not £4.50 from Aldi. Um, it's actually a probably medium price bottle. Um, so I'm up market today. Nice. It was £5. <laughs> <laughs> Steve, Steve is slandering James as we as we uh, in the chat. Um, All right, Pritchard, it was eight pound fifty. <laughs> <laughs> was any of those bottles of Malbec though? That's what we really need to know. Oh, I don't think there is actually. No, that's a lie. Um, there's twelve bottles. I think two are Malbec, two are Rioja, two are Cabernet Shiraz, and the other like no idea. That is acceptable. You will you can be non-boring for all the rest of us because I am also boring. It is literally noon here in where I am as we record, and I am drinking a strawberry bubbly, and I have not had a drink since December 31st of 2023. So I remain on the wagon for 2024. 
Nice. Despite 2024's best efforts to turn out the other one. What's uh, what's the instigation? Just um, health? Um, yeah, a little bit of health, a little bit of uh, um, role modeling for the kids, I think. I've got a 17 and a 19-year-old who maybe don't need to see their parents just drinking for casual around the house that much. In the morning on a Friday. Yeah, that good <laughs> too. So, so a few different things. But um speaking of things that are like a wagon trying to hold on to the a's and herd winter racing <laughs> as we race up ocean lava cliffside loop this week on herd winter racing <laughs> well done <laughs> I think well done i was i was seeing you struggle with how you were going to land that brad <laughs> well done i think that segue just killed chris <laughs> our, our weekly sweaty transition <laughs> All right, Mary Lyon, what do we got for Ocean? What do we got? Ocean Lava Cliffside Loop. What's this looking like? What's this looking like? Oh, um, I think we all know it. I think most of us done it uh, a few weeks ago in uh, ZRL. Uh, you start at the, uh, at the Pens uh, at the Bay or uh, at the downtown Utopia, and then you go around the volcano up the Dirty Suppressor which is probably the first point where some stupidity will happen. And then, uh, well, got a little bit of recovery before the big part of the stupidity will come at the uh, uh, start of the reverse climb. Then over the, uh, the, the cliff roads and down back to uh, the tunnels and into downtown Watopia again for the finish sprint. That's it. Yeah, the the bypass where dreams go to die. <laughs> yeah, I always die there. Yeah, just my, dr my dreams always died well before the bypass. It's always the day <laughs> yeah, okay. where people just go a bit nuts, and I'm generally like waving at people and then forget I have to pedal. I think for HWR, uh, that's probably the point most of the people die. And if you're racing in your own category, like in ZRL, then the climb is the and the and the the cliffside road is uh, the place where the other times you'll die. One of lots the of lots of dying on this route. One of the places that I have always found it is easy to get yourself a little caught out uh, is just after the dirty suppressor. There's that one more little kick that goes into a downhill uh and if you are not able to stick yourself on the back of that group or if you get yourself at the very back of that group but somebody loses a wheel uh that is an easy place for a gap to stretch out real quick yep yeah. if somebody is yeah. six meters behind the person in front of them it uh it open can open up quickly Yep. Yeah, it's um well, I mean it's a really good HWR course. It it does, you know, if you can make it onto the wheels in front of you, especially past that half of the epic KOM, you will have a very, very good result. The rest of us will be trying to catch whatever wheels we can. Uh, um it's also a really good one if you are uh looking to set a new 20 minute power because uh that 20 minutes is right about to the end of the bypass. Uh, and if you are behind and chasing a lot of the time after being dropped on the suppressor, 
like you're gonna do a good a good 20 minute power i think my best ever 20 minutes was on this and i think it was in hwr hmm. yep yeah it, it that's for sure um ideally you're not chasing the whole way but yes you sometimes may have to <laughs> and uh bike choice i think it's tron because it's net flat <laughs> and also because pinktron should always be the answer to that question and because the pinktron is the best so yeah pinktron i think is bike choice um yeah i don't i don't um, think i can argue unless, for anything else yeah unless you're uh you know you can survive the climb on a uh an aero bike with disc wheels yeah. I've seen some in uh, in uh, ZRL who did that and won the sprint after that. So you you have to know your you will be able to hang on on the on the climb. Yes, if you're if you're a scorekeeper or yeah. Callahan or Jason Robinson or I guess even if you if you know you're going to get dropped in any event, but you think you, you know you're going to be fast enough to hold those like the people you'd normally race with, and you want to beat them in a sprint, you you could make an error with disc wheel stick, but. I think for the rest of us mortals, probably just take your pink tron and yeah, the best. In that in that situation, the likelihood that you're caught with someone who you're closer on the sprint than you are on the climb, uh, like in in power, uh, is probably pretty low. Uh, it might it might be just better to take the tron. Yeah, especially especially because that long drag up the bridge across the bypass, like that's just like three percent, two percent for so long that I think you'll feel good on the Tron. Good evening, guys. Steph, how was your race? Steph is here. Uh, pre pretty brutal, but but I won't go and blame myself because I chose the course. So, but yeah. All right, and now we got to ask, what are you drinking? Uh. Recovery shake because I just finished like five minutes ago my race. <laughs> Fair enough. All right, we got any other tips for HWR? Race, have fun. We're into the, we're into like the um, the plus sixteen races now. So this is the fun part in the standings where the, the, those of us who've done like sixteen races just get to watch everyone who's done like one less race pass us when they get 85, 95 points. Um, by just showing up and the rest of us get two because I, you know, bumped one race off that I did, you know, 13th yeah, place I've, in 10 weeks ago. I've looked at, uh, at the standings last week and there will, will be some changes in the top 10 probably. And yeah. maybe probably even the top three. Or races so. in the series. Yeah, there's there's some yep. people who are like at ninety, like an average ninety five, ninety six, who only have like 15, 14 races in. So yeah, there's gonna be a lot of shakeups coming. How many more weeks are there left to get those extra points? We're now at week uh, seventeen of twenty, so four more, four more races. So if you're sitting at twelve or more races, you got to hit all the next four to try and maximize yep. your finish position. Get in there. Including one of the climbs. I'm going to just pretend I didn't see that. <laughs> Actually, it's Innsbruck. I like it. That's fine. Good. So does James. Right. <laughs> no, I don't, I'd like to say much. You did it four times on Monday. <laughs> it's a good workout. That's what I should have done. 
All right, let's move on to herd beginner racing this week. It is your everybody's favorite beginner racing course, TikTok. Um, so again, if you're listening to Pinktron and you are a beginner, you herd beginner racing is a sorted out D um, category only with subcategories within the D category. So you'll be able to register and just race again. So people who are in the top, middle, or bottom of the D category as well. And it is a scratch race. TikTok is basically through the desert, up out of the desert, across the um, Call to Saddle Springs, down to the ocean tunnels, through the ocean tunnels, hang a right, back up, and finish at the desert banner. I'm going to take the opportunity, since James is here, and I'm going to ask him a question about our cust- how our custom categories should work. Um, so, James, where we've got the uh, the, the custom ZFDP limits... The watts floor should not be in effect. So lightweight riders who are in D but are over 2.7 ZFDP won't be able to join, right? Uh, that's correct, yeah. Okay. No, I, I that was actually somebody had asked me, and I had meant to ask you it for a while and forgot. So Yeah, I'm fairly certain the HBR races are done on ZFTP only, so there is no wattage floor on each category. I didn't even know we could set a wattage floor in that, but because it's like D, right? D has no uh, wattage you, you, floor. You definitely can't. Don't ask. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. So I mean, the wattage floor to go into C, right? No, I'm, 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 oh, I'm, being, I'm being facetious. Um, the the coding for the custom category limits can be. I, I when I get it wrong the first time, I ask one of our developers to rewrite it for me, um, <laughs> and I invariably get it wrong the first time. Um, so yeah, um, I, I I like HBR because it's nice and simple, and there's only one rule rather than occasionally four or five that we can get from other people. Oh oh, what are our options, James? We're going to have to talk. There, later. there are no other options. Um, you can only have the FCP. We would never, we would never, James. I promise you. <laughs> All right, uh, pick your most fastest aero bike whatever you've got if you're a beginner or something that's a good all-rounder will the trick um mostly hang on and try and sprint at the end i maybe if you're really feeling frisky try and knock some people off after you come past the town in the desert as that little climb now there's much else to say any other thoughts you've got you've got um roundabout climb um so straight after roundabout you've got the what probably 60 90 seconds but probably averages three and a half four percent before yeah. you go shooting downhill so there's there's definitely an option for a breakaway there it might not last because the rest of the lap is flat apart from the two percent section you've got going into the desert but i think that's probably your only viable option of an attack yeah you can definitely if you're if you're at the strong end of the category if you go your reasonable three minute sort of pace like up to like threshold plus 10 percent type numbers you, you'll drop some people off there if you try it for sure yeah i th- i think an attack there the purpose is to drop good sprinters who mm-hmm. don't have the sustained power you do it's not to uh it's not to try to win because no I, I you, agree. You, you can't win from there unless you're in the wrong category I, I think the 
So it is a viable attack option, but only to thin out the back of the pack yeah. rather than actually like a solo breakaway for the next what's probably eight kilometers. Yeah, at least. Yeah. Yeah, maybe ten. Yeah, for sure. Good. So good job, all our beginners. We love having you guys out there. Numbers remain strong. So I hope everybody's learning lots and getting out and racing. It's good stuff. Brings us to the Climber's Gambit, Chris. I have no oh, idea. Yeah. Uh, Climber's Gambit. We are in uh, weekend three of five of our We Love Hills Valentine's Day edition of the series. And this weekend we are on the previously Brent and James approved Innsbruck KOM forward. Best uh, 20 so, of the game. Yeah, essentially a, a thinly veiled FTP test. Um, little over 7k at about five and a half average percent not too much variance in this it's pretty steady uh it's a good 20 25 30 minute climb depending on where you're at in terms of categories i think it's pretty straightforward climbing bike unless you're at the very tippy top end of a you can go more arrow or pink trani uh, but i'll let i'll let you guys decide other than that pretty straightforward climb this week this is a week that I am not upset that I am sick. <laughs> yeah, if you were a strong A, I could see the case for a Tron. Because especially in Climber's Gambit with no draft. But every, all the rest of us mere mortals, it's light climber. Gotta be climbing bike, yeah. Yeah. So there you go. We hit the start line for that at about 3, 3.3k. Blast up to the top and then enjoy the descent on the other side. Uh, and as a reminder, James, I know you're not familiar with this format, so the only thing that matters <laughs> is the time on the, the hill segment for the event. Oh, that, that sounds like an amazing concept. I, I, I can't imagine who could have possibly thought of doing that. You should really check it out and maybe look at adopting it on a wider scale. Um, I think it could have some some really, really good legs, pun intended. Yeah, I'll, um, I'll mention it to our racing management team and see what we can do. I know. I know you know a guy. Thanks. I'm really curious how many people listening to this understand this joke. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think my line manager may get it. <laughs> uh, all right. So um, just just a like for times, uh, Brent at kind of top of B was has done a 20 minute effort. Uh, Craig has I think, done. A I think I think 20 minutes is well into A. Um, Brent, was... like there, there was a time when Brent and I were both like four point one stroke four point one nine Bs. Um, I've I've never gone sub twenty on this climb. Um, but that's uh, that's still that's a B now, right? Yeah. Oh no no like when what so yeah yeah so twenty minutes of four point two take off your five percent would have kept you in B, um, but. At my very, very, very best, I was a 4.4A. I have never gone sub 20 on this climb. Um, I did I did this climb, I think, three or four weeks ago, around about 3.8, and my time was 23 minutes. That sounds about right. Uh, so even for so 3.3, 3.4 will get you up there in about 24, 25, probably around 25. Yeah. So. It is it is more than an FTP test for most people. Oh, 
I remember that race. Still an FTP test. It's just you got to change the ratio. So it's like 90, uh, 97% or 98% instead of 95%, like a 20 minute. Yeah. There are, there are nice recovery bits, though. So I think around about a third of the way up, you've got a sort of flat section for a couple hundred meters. So you can go harder and then have a brief recovery and then go hard again or go not quite as hard but go hard on the flat which is probably where you'll make up the most time and then go moderately hard to the end there's another one about two-thirds of the way up so there are a couple mm -hmm. of flatter bits yeah. Th there are um it's not like the reverse version where it's you know like punch flat, punch flat. The whole climb. yeah I like the reverse side better. As yeah. I've, I've made clear before. Because it takes less time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, the meanest part is the longest, flattest bit is right at the end when you're going to be trying to like squeeze it out. So, <laughs> well, and I think there's a lot of time there. Like if you can, because oh, yeah. you have to, you have to spin it up after a big long climb yeah yeah there's like a lumber mill there and that, that's like the last two percent ramp and then you're gonna come on top and if you're still strong and go through there you can probably shave like five six seconds i think really similar time. i think really similar to the, the volcano climb where you've got the flat section halfway through what many people might not realize is that's where all the time vanishes and is actually such an important part of the climb even though it's flat yeah. Good. Have fun with that. That brings us to the Herd of Mountain Goats, the Tour of Fire and Ice. Ooh. Uh, which, I guess, downtown pier through the volcano, not the volcano climb, just through the volcano. Yeah. Across uh, Dirty Supresa, out across the pier, I guess it is, or the like air, the seaplane dock. Yep. And then up the start of epic into the jungle and then the alp this is a mean course um just because actually you've got a, a decent climb that doesn't count for anything no segments before the actual god awful nasty climb yeah well i guess it's interesting from a racing perspective whether you would like do you even try to draw people like do you punch it there or do you worry about it or you just kind of keep cruising till you get to the alp because you're doing you know most of us like 50 minutes an hour up the alp right i, I guess it just comes down to strength like if you've got a good three minute burst in you then that could be a viable um, option um if you think that actually i can't hold 60 minute power or 50 minute power 70 80 90 whatever it is um, if you're good on short, short, short stretches, that might be an option. I think no matter how good you are on short stretches, a, an all, an all out attack for three minutes is going to really hurt you. <laughs> if you've got yeah. an hour effort coming up, I, I I'm just, I'm just trying to give people some hope, Craig. <laughs> you, you've just destroyed it. Maybe, maybe save the, the good three minutes, uh, efforts for the, for the start of the, the real climb. Or just spread it out. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like if you were strong enough to shake the group and not get it all chewed back up on the Alp, that you would probably just win the Alp by not doing that. Mm -hmm. Pretty good chance. I think um, full climber, I see 
like you're getting spending almost an hour on the Alp. <laughs> I wouldn't bike change. It. <laughs> yeah, you could do a bike swap. No, there's I no would... point in a bike swap. No. no. Just take your two bike swaps. You got to get one for the mountain bike through the through the jungle. Not anymore. No, I know. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh, have fun climbing the Alp. <laughs> all you mountain goats, peeps. So now Brent tells us all about Stampede. Stampede, eighteen kilometers on out and back again. It is so it's a custom finish. Trying to remember where I put it. Finish, Brent. Uh, not before the climbs. I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> I made it. I made it gentle. Yeah, it should should end. Um, is that just before you do the switchback that goes into volcano? Well, I think it's a little earlier than that because there's a lead in of two point four k. Okay. So it's all the way through the desert. Just pa I think it should be just past the sprint. Somewhere in the S's, I think, is where I've got it. I'll be honest, I just said 18K and that's about where it goes. So <laughs> um I guess we should ask while we've got James here, like when you have custom distance and people are steering and they're shaving meters off on some of these turns. Steering doesn't work in ITT events. Oh, okay. Well, all right. Well, that's easy enough. Okay, regardless of that, as a more general question, if you have a custom finish, is that your own distance covered or is that some sort of cardinal distance? Uh, it is your own distance covered, to the best of my knowledge. Yeah, mm, I thought so too. So for every steering enabled race, we better make sure we're not doing custom finishes. Yeah. Because there's some gaming that can be done there, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I would generally recommend if you have steering enabled to use laps rather than custom distances. Yeah. All right. There you go. Uh, sorry, back to Stampede. It is desert pens through the desert, um, up up the Caldew Saddle Springs, down into the ocean areas, the ocean tunnels, and then the ocean tunnels. Um, into the little hairpin S turny things over to the forward sprint distance and then up into the S's and then ending before we get to the volcano. So it's a pretty flat 18 K um, should be fast. Bs will be in the 26, 27, 28 minute type range A's low 20s i'd be really surprised if the a's could clear 20 on 18k that would be fast on this one um c's will be half an hour d's will be 35 ish minutes so go look at your power curve pretty much just set it there isn't much the little bit of punch out of the desert and a little bit on the tunnels and a little bit sort of coming off the sprint other than that it's you're just going to want to be on that power target and holder I think if I remember, this is basically like the last long one. I think everything else gets shorter after this for Stampede, the series. And this is the last of the uh, race previews, right? Last of the race previews. It's the last RL. so yep. Uh, yeah, I guess we've got 16.5 on Classic, and that's about it. So 
This is kind of the last long one. And then we get some shorter ones. It's good that I think it kind of worked. I think the numbers actually for Stampede got pretty good with those previews. I think a lot of people tried it. So you can just cruise though and finish previewing the volcano and the rest if you want to preview the TTT for Zitterell this week. And that brings us to the bullseye. So it oh, does bring us to bullseye. So I've been doing the bullseye stuff. Um, yes, I know. I haven't I haven't updated the uh, league points after uh, this past week. Um, but uh, this coming week is Neokio Crit Course. It is six laps with 13 sprints. So you're welcome. Mark picked it. Blame him. I really, um, I I really noticed not doing bullseye. My sprint has just fallen right off a cliff. Not right off a cliff, but like not like I used to be able to do like those like ZRL like three four sprints. Like ZRL on Tuesday, I didn't yeah. even go for the first two at all. Like I just sat in basically, and then I did take an FAL on countryside though. Nice. I got a not a first a eighth or something like that but i was i was uh i was racing with the beginning of this and uh realized that my only chance at good points was doing those sprints and actually got second fts on the railway so hey nice yeah yeah railway one was weird in my zrl race because we um like it started like late it felt like we came up across that like rise into it and and we were kind of like into the front and i was like oh maybe i will go for fail because i'm right on the front of this and then all of a sudden it was like here comes the crowd and you're like okay i get this all right i'll shut her down and make sure i make rooftop and stay with the pack till we get to the temple so yeah railway is the long the the really long one isn't it oh yeah it's like 600 meters so if you want to go for uh fastest over there you really have to use a sprint and go early while others will be waiting to go for fall yeah, I always I always start well behind the group and sprint into it uh, at the beginning, like you know, start before the line, uh, yeah. which, and then and then just hold like six or seven hundred watts for the entirety of the the sprint. Which, yeah, yep. So uh, coming back to bullseye, Nukio Crit Course, the two sprints are the. Uh, the alley sprint at uh, 480 meters and the castle park sprint reverse at 210 meters. Is the reverse the one that uh, is before like going uphill into the little temple or coming down out of it? Um, the reverse is the one where you go across the bridge and immediately hit the sprint the segment start yeah it's through, like not through the brown yeah, you make you the make the left area. and then the right and then you make a, a 90 degree right and then hit yep. the segment start right right as you cross after you cross right as you cross the bridge or right after you cross the bridge i can't recall but yeah it's middle of the bridge yeah middle of the bridge the marker is middle of the bridge the thing to remember, though, of course, is it's bullseye, and all that matters is who's first across the line, not who's the fastest to the segment. So you don't need to 
wind it up necessarily from the start of the segment if you think you can get there first from later. No, you don't. Um, but those couple 90-degree turns can play some funny things with the draft too. So yeah. it's, uh, yeah. And, and the two sprints are quite close together. They after, are. There's after not the a big, Alice there's sprint, not a big you got gap, a little yeah. bit more recovery, but the, 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 the boat are close. Yeah, and it's like uphill, right, to get to, like, you come out of the alley, you turn right, and then it's kind of like a 1-2% climb to get up around the top of the temple, then descend back down towards where the sprint line is. No, other way. Oh, it's the other way through the parking lot? Yeah, so you go you go through the, you go through the, um, so you go through the Castle Park sprint, uh, then you go through all the twisties in the Castle Park. Oh, the And then, then through the alley. Yeah, and the, the and alley sprint you, is. Then you make the big circle around to get back to Got the. Uh, All right. Yeah. Yeah. The, the alley yeah. sprint is the side where you start, um, going left and right between the, uh, mm -hmm. I think the park cars or, people walking or there. Yeah. 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 Yep. Got it. Good. Have fun. Thirteen sprints. Yeah. <laughs> it's good for you. It is mostly it's not quite hsrl with 18 laps of a uh, downtown dolphin oh good lord <laughs> not, not quite like everyone on, everyone on the podcast is currently making faces of um varying our, levels of discomfort remember exactly what i'm talking about yeah our I series have, have really lost that james bailey je ne sais quoi yeah <laughs> although i i remember uh Ben hooking on with the bees in uh, when when you pulled that and it working mm. very well for him. Yeah, you know that very one. That one was me. bad, but you know the one that was actually the murder was the nine laps of hilly. It the it was segment being KOM. I, I I was kind of like disappointed, but also really grateful that um, the boa on my shoe fell off after climb number two, having. Like set my all time PB on climb one. I was gonna um, say you beat you beat me on climb one. I, hmm. You were right up there after climb one. And, and then like my <laughs> my shoe kept on getting looser and looser. And after I think I think I gave up on lap four where I was actually struggling to pedal because my foot kept on coming out my shoe. That's fun. That, that was a great event. It was like good time, absolute masterpiece. It was actually, I think uh, Steve joined us on the uh, podcast while doing that race. <laughs> Is it, are we talking about the eight laps of hell? That's yes. the one. Brent <laughs> and I, Brent, James and I called it nine bike, because but... we were in B at the time. But yes, I have to, I have to explain why I've gone, uh, why I've gone silent in the in the English countryside as I uh, leave the train and, and rejoin the pod from my house. Yeah, yeah, that was fun. Um, like that was the Hillycom doesn't seem that bad, does it? It's only like three, four minutes, like two and a half minutes when you're feeling sprightly. Um, just do that eight times, be fine. Don't know what people worried about, James. Like they're just the, making the only, a big the only downside it, really. is that you're doing Helicom in like zone nine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I've actually done around. that route as it's quite a nice little intervals training session because you can do the route in about 15 to 20 minutes and you. Poodle round, and then you do the the com as hard as you can. 
the problem is you don't really poot around the rest of the time. Um, a lot of the time in these staff events, do there's always someone who's like, "Hey, I could just sit at like two and a half watts a kilogram higher than everyone else in this group seems to be able to do because I don't understand how the start of a Zwift race works, and I'm miles behind where I should be in the bunches." But but I'll sit with you guys anyway because because that will make your lives fun. Not that she's bitter about it. <laughs> I just it just that genuinely entertains me every time of a like almost every swift race there will be I'm sure there are people who don't, I don't know whether they're like join late or something like that um or just don't get like you know go hard for the first 30 seconds um uh that, that said the actress of the bishop really there um but the they'll come back past you sort of five minutes later like doing one and a half two watts per kilogram more than everyone else in the bunch and just kind of sit there and you can think, well, hey, you've got this like, I almost feel sorry for them because they've got this untapped potential to race further up and get better results themselves. And you kind of think, well, is, is it that you don't understand? Is it that you just cocked up? Like we've all had trainer dropouts, but uh, yeah, it must it must be super hard as well. Like, Or are yeah, they yeah, just triathletes? Easily understood. <laughs> I, I, think, I think to be honest, though, it's actually a really good point that in your first Swift race, you don't know that it's going to be absolute carnage at the very, very start. And you might be stronger than the rest of the people in your group after you've sort of realized, oh, they all go really, really quickly. And I think as event organizers, Swift employees, everyone has a sort of like level of responsibility to actually educate these people, maybe in the pen, maybe on training sessions, and actually saying, guys, if this is your first race, get ready to sprint out the pen because it's going to be like that for about 30 seconds and then it's going to get calmer and then it'll be a lot more comfortable. It's never going to be comfortable, but it's going to be more comfortable than the start. And if you don't do this at the start, bye-bye. Yeah, I think that I think the tiny races that um, Swift Insider organise are, are really good for that. I think you have people going like, don't forget, it's going to be hard out the gate. And also I think because they're short, everyone's primed for it to be hard out the gate. Um, so you just seem to get kind of the bunches go hard, settle down. You do, I haven't seen it as much in those. So, yeah, it's good. I would actually say, you know, as much as, you know, Zwift races, yeah, they're hard at the beginning. Uh, it's not like it was three or four years ago. Like three or four years ago, it was absolute, car it was a sprint out of the pen. And yeah, I agree, it's not actually. that, it's not that anymore. <clears throat> the, um, the, the closest we've been, I think, was the bull. Did you do the bullseye in the um, herd club champs, which was back to like big number, like high tens yeah. of numbers, like getting into like I think it's like thirty or forty, and like in this is in the probably in the seas, I think it was, and it was just big numbers, and that's people going hard, and actually people who knew how to race on Zwift as well, which was so it was super hard out the gate, and then every time there was a little push before the sprint people are like oh no i know i need to be at the front of this pace and it just like it was a super quick bunch um shelled before the first sprint like it was it was really tough but like just so much fun i think but on craig's point if we go back say two three years you would probably be doing ftp times two or just either side of that for probably 90 seconds whereas now i reckon it's more like 30 to 45 when it's not it's I, I like i'm not i'm not doing 600 watts out of the pen anymore in, mm. in a race like i i no i, I generally do full yeah okay I, I, i'm it's a it's maybe half a minute at ftp 
Mm-hmm. It, it's it's not it's not ridiculous anymore. Unless you're doing uh, a Glasgow crit start where the where the sprint at the beginning is a is a segment. Yeah, or Lutes <laughs> yeah. Express. Say. Yeah, Lutes was hard. Even this past week at ZRL, right? Getting to that first alley, it was pretty on. I, I'm I'm thinking RGB. <laughs> Um, Lutes like, is good. And I think it's Steph, you'll remember this well. The ZRL where we did Glasgow crit, and there was a slight issue where everyone was called N valid as well, yeah. uh, which which happened for like one of the ZRL races. So like everyone was super confused. Everyone was just going really fast. They're like I don't know where I am. <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure at one point I attacked Steph and like gassed him from our group, uh, and we're trying to work together to finish as high as we can to get points for the team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that yeah, that's didn't well and well. I think we passed Connor on the way and we dropped him. Also, <laughs> all right, we should we should uh, get to a bit of the main event of what we have brought our illustrious guest Mr. Bailey on to talk about, which is the Zwift Games, which I believe start March first. Am I getting that right? Uh, March first, yes, March. So it's the whole month of march so 31st sorry first through to the 31st and and the prizes are a gold tron am i seeing this right so for the elite races there's money up for grabs um there is a gold tron for the winner of each elite category and we have sprints epic and climb I, I think my favourite prize, though, is the overall, which is a Wahoo kicker bike that is gold. Um, if you haven't seen in, it... Is that in the public domain yet, James? Yes, it is. Okay. Because <laughs> this this came up, like, guys were talking about this, and I'm like, because we were chatting to Wahoo about that as well, and I'm like, uh... <laughs> <laughs> no, cool um, <laughs> so... As I think it's either yesterday or the day before, um, Zwift Insider updated their post to show the um, Wahoo special prize. And in all honesty, I didn't know what the special prize was until it was on Zwift Insider. So it's definitely in the public domain. But the winner of the overall Elite Championship will win a Wahoo kicker bike that is gold and has ZG 2024 written on it as well. And like from the pictures, it, it looks pretty special. Um, it so, does. I, I James, like I, I, I looked at that uh, when the uh, Zwift Insider post came out, and like that's pretty cool. It, I, I don't care who you are; that's pretty cool. Definitely. So, Zwift Games is kind of like a culmination of everything we feel we've done really well in the last eighteen months. So, for the last eighteen months, we've done and. My working at Zwift has led to me being unable to pronounce the letter Z properly, um, as well as I, l- I look at dates and I have no idea which way around months and um, days go. Um, but our Z racing programs we're running for the last 18 months. and these James, are... you're becoming Canadian. <laughs> I'm, I'm just very confused, Greg. Um, Z racing, the, pre- the, uh, the, the premise behind Z racing is basically you've got an hour so you've got 10 minutes to get changed, start your warm-up, do a 30 to 40-minute race, and then you've got 10 minutes to cool down, jump in the shower, and be just about ready for your next work meeting. 
So zero racing was one of the big things we've done over the last 18 months. But we've also started to introduce racing genre clubs like our TT, Crit, Hill Climb, and most recently the um, Epic Races, which were included as part of um, Tour Swift. So we wanted to bring out our greatest ever racing festival, which combines the Z racing events as the sprint races in um, Swift Games, the hill climb races, um, and also the epic races. So with Swift Games at both an elite and community level, you have three sprint races. They're all around about 20 kilometers. Um, and then you've got a hill climb. Um, for A's and B's, it's the Alp. The season D's, it's a, a brand new route called Mountain Mash, which is essentially turn the wrong way out of the jungle pens and then go up the epic KOM. Um, and we've also got an epic race, uh, which is for A's and B's, I think it's 88 kilometers. It doesn't have the epic or the Alp in it. It's kind of lumpy, but it's long and it's going to be a real challenge. So we've kind of like amalgamated everything we've done well in the last 18 months, I think. Um, and the racing clubs have been a massive success. Z racing has been very, very well received. And I think Swift Games is just going to be a fantastic festival of racing for a month. The end. So is, is there, there's just a one, there's three sprint races, one hill climb and one epic. Yeah. So we start on Friday the 1st. Um, there will be four days where sprint race one is available. Then we go straight into sprint race two, the Tuesday to the Friday. Then the, the weekend is epic. And then Monday to Friday weekdays, the week afterwards, you've got sprint race um, three. And then you've got the climb for the two days after that. And then the next two weeks are basically just makeup stages. Um, what I'm probably most proud of um, is the fact we've been we've uh, introduced our women's only races into this program. So there will be five options each day for um, women's swifters to enter races. And I've, I've been working with um, female race organizers for like the last six months really, really closely to help them organize races, get feedback from them, to this point where we're reintroducing women, women's only racing into our, our biggest ever racing program. Um, so I'm very hopeful that they perform well. And really just because every women's race I've ever watched has been, whilst competitive, also massively supportive. Like you just watch someone that's just dropped off the back and then loads of people just go, oh, Becky, come on, you can do it. You can get back on. And it's just brilliant to watch. So I I, I would love everyone female that's listening, please try one of the women's only um, Swift events. They're really supportive. They're great fun. And you'll make loads of friends as well. Yeah. So on, on that, James, like I, I remember back to like season one of ZRL mm. and we were all super concerned because it was – men's only and women's only that was before it, it was mixed and i i'm not sure it was a bad decision I, I i like the mixed and women's only choices now but uh at at the time 
man, did that give a kickstart to women's only Zwift racing. Um, I, I, I think, to be honest, Craig, so, I mean, you'll remember at the time we, we had a mutual friend who couldn't race with us, and that was yep. that was a bit sucky. Um, and whilst, yes, we could make these um, men's only and women's only races, however, we don't want to take away that element of choice. Um, we... Yep. We don't get me wrong, we, we'd love women to enter women's only races, but there are some women who actually prefer to enter mixed races. They like yeah. to try and kick bits out of the blokes as much as they possibly can. And yeah. some of them are very successful at doing so. Um, uh, James, I 100% agree. Uh, at, at Right now, I, I like I like the choice. But uh, it, it actually, what I'm saying is that, uh, you know, that, that ZRL season one and, and having that, that really did give a big kickstart. Like, I, I don't think it's necessary to do it again, but mm -hmm. it, it really did uh, change the landscape. I, I think. Yeah, I, I, I think if you look at the volume of um, women's teams, both in zero as a, as a general thing, but also just look at how many women's only teams were unheard, um, which has been absolutely fantastic. Um, mm -hmm. So... Whether or not that was caused by season one being men or women, or actually just the the whole FOMO from zero encouraged women to join women's only teams. Um, I'm not sure which it is. Maryline, how do you feel about yeah. women's only Zwift games? I'm happy it's uh it's women on women only also, because uh the women's only races are different from mixed races. So I think for me personally, uh -huh. it's both fun to do. Uh, less fun if you're if you're a mixed B, but okay. <laughs> and uh, so I I like the choice. So for some races, it's fun to to do them in in mixed, and for some races, it's it's fun to do them in the women's fields, and especially if the women's field is big. And I think with uh, with with uh, Swift games, there will be some pretty big fields hopefully so that should make a, a really good race i hope so tell all your friends please um yeah. one, one of the things i will say is um there are two separate general classifications for swift games so there is mixed where any event will count towards your gc whether or not you do a mixed race or a women's only race but there's also a women's only general general classification so if you only do the women's only races then you will feature in that gc as well yes probably also uh because a lot of women have a different mixed category than their women only category true so you'll probably have to do them in the same category for one uh, do you know what? I hadn't considered this <laughs> at all. <laughs> um, my, my life is now 10 times more complicated, but we'll, we'll work it out as we can. He, yeah, you could just see James's face like, oh no. <laughs> I, I thought I, 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 this is all I thought about for like the last week Swift Games, Swift Games, Swift Games, women only, women only, women only. I had not even considered this at all. Um, I will work something out. I, I may have to do some manual changes here and there, but yeah, we'll work it out. Thanks, Marilyn. You've made my life so much better. <laughs> uh, 
James, do you have any kind of expected uh, field sizes? I know that like with the Z racing, you were getting pretty big fields. Um, women's only, no, I, I, I genuinely don't know. Um, I have pushed this as much as I can do on Facebook, social. Uh, there's a a very like there, there's a women's only Discord group that is full of massively engaged people that Mary Lyons part of. Um, we are hopeful that this uh, that Swift Games outperforms what Z Racing has done in the past. Um, I'm, I'm hopeful. Um, I think it's um, a great program. I think there's a lot of choice um, variation. There, there's there's new routes which we haven't touched on. You've got um, Loop to Loop, um, Jurassic Coast, the Zwift Games Epic routes, Mountain Mash. Um, I, I I think and hope it's going to perform exceptionally well, um, and. I guess we'll see on the 1st of April. The loop to loop, I was just looking, the loop to loop course looks like a lot of fun. Yeah, so the, these these new routes are so similar to Scotland where the uh, the Scotch routes were specifically designed for racing. And if if you haven't seen it, have a look at the um, National Federation Championships for um, Canada, France and Oh dear, that was one of one, but I've completely forgotten. However, um, the races were, sorry, Denmark, Martin, I'm really sorry. I forgot you, but I've now remembered. Um, the, the races for those Fed championships were unbelievably good. The Danish ones were absolutely insane. It was attack, 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 attack. And this was over seven laps of Lock Loop. If you know your routes, you know that it's not a short race. Um but the, the, uh, the Scotch routes were custom made for racing and as have these new routes been. So we're confident that actually they're going to make really good racing routes and people are going to race them and go, yeah, that was good. I want to do it again. Yeah, that's super cool. It starts to sound like kind of IRL crit racing then. Like crit racing is just bonkers for an hour. Um, I'm kind of optimistic with Zwift that kind of it, it is a different viewing experience. I don't know. It feels like there's more of an opportunity with Swift racing and to kind of get people into the sport and that'd be something they can try, which is really cool as well. Like I don't think there's don't think people are, not many people watch crit racing, like which is a shame because it is really exciting, but it just feels like, uh, yeah, seeing this on Swift, I'm sure there'll be community people televising their efforts and, and things like that, which would be a really exciting, um, really exciting to see. And like, like you say, those specific courses being designed for it, like never a dull moment, having having commentated on some, several dull moments <laughs> in the past, as <laughs> we realised that people are peddling in groups that won't see each other for a while. Stephen Pritchard, my one main memory of us being in a Zwift race is a whole lot of lava. I don't know if you remember, Gav Irons was listening, and then he was just screaming, 12 watts a kilo, as we both hit like, <laughs> the entrance. Yeah. yeah. Um, a point in a sprint for 57s or something. Now, like <laughs> now James, ju just to bring up, didn't what happened at the very beginning of that race that, let you, that sent you off the back was you got a ghost at, at the first, uh, at the, 
power up immediately out of the pens and then you were playing with it and got dropped on the beach? No, I, 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 I did get dropped to the beach, but I think that was mainly because I was trying to wave at Gavin. Yeah, you got you were waving at Gavin and both of you were playing with the ghost power up, which hadn't been in the races before. Yeah. To be I fair, was in though, the that, race that, that, and that, listening that, to you. That was where I generally tend to get dropped anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's good fun. Um, yeah, um, I think these will be like crit races without the falling over, which is obviously a plus. Yeah. So the elite guys, do they have to do like, they're just like one category of elite and they've all got to be in the same races to go against each other? Is there like time zones or something? Um. No, they're all, all racing at the same time. Um, I'm right. going to horribly consult um, Zwift Insider to clarify some times, um, which I did conveniently have open. I think uh, the elite racers are doing the sprint races back-to-back, -back, isn't it? Yeah, so all three back-to-back-to-back. Oh. -back -back. So we're looking nice. at probably best part of 60k. Um, so the... Sprint Elite races are happening on March the 2nd at 6 p.m. UTC, which for those of us in the UK is 6 p.m. Those of you in um, Manage Europe is 7, America, work it out yourself. Um, and the women are March the 3rd at the same time. Then we've got the Epic Championships on the 9th, again, 6 p.m. UTC for both. Um, for both um, men and women, although for women's is on, on the 10th. And then we have the Climb Championships, um, March 16th at 6 for the men, March 17th at 6 for the women. And there's also the overall championships for grabs for the um, lowest time across your gender. And it's just straight time, eh? Yeah. It is straight time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Is so that the same for the community, guys? Oh, sorry, Greg. Uh, yes, it is. And one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. The number of leagues I now manage on Swift Power has gone up to nine. That's a lot of refreshing. So, uh, Marieline, have you taken a look at the uh, Zwift Games 2024 Epic route and thought about it as a uh, a queen stage for HSRL this year? I haven't. I haven't taken a look, but uh, it's probably good. A good one for uh, HSRL. It's. 80k with uh how many what is that three climbs four climbs and six sprints it, it sounds, looks amazing sounds or like a very five, a very good uh hsrl course yeah it's listed as five five kqoms and five sprints so it doesn't sound like enough segments for, for a really good HSL. It actually or. sounds like too many segments. <laughs> Unless James makes them fix with power. And really, if you're, if you're not doing a sprint like every minute and a half or, or a hill effort, what is it really HSRL? So, seven laps uh, of maybe, downtown Dolphin or something. Lead-in is two kilometers. Length is 79.6. So we're talking about um, 81.6K with 878 meters of climbing, which... I reckon it's probably like big foothills level of climbing. Um, but there are probably too many segments to count on this image I'm looking at. <laughs> probably more segments than sort of power can handle. So maybe we need to have a little look at that one. Yeah. But um, the 
the new routes that we're releasing for Zwift Games um, are currently Zwift Games only, but should be free ride available by mid to late April. Which will be fun. Uh, that's in time for uh, a queen stage for HSRL, I think. <laughs> exactly. Uh, speaking of this is this is not Zwift Games specific, but but speaking of new routes, uh, I can't remember the name of it, but the uh, crit route uh, around castle the crit. castle. Crit. Yeah, that's a that's a fun course. Yeah, I, I'm actually like really interested to get feedback on that because I've heard people say actually it's too hilly, um, the lead-in's too hilly, but I've also said heard heard from people who've gone, this is a great course, I love it. I, I wouldn't recommend like it. it as a as a recovery ride course. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, I think it's for for a yeah for a real crit race. It's uh, it could be really good. I just wish the finish line was at the like the bottom of the descent, right? Because it's basically like up down up down with like kind of a little flat piece yeah. through the finish. The finish is like halfway through the climbing bit of it, and then but I wish the finish was like at the descent because I think that would be just pure chaos as you like descend through those loops and then try and finish at speed. I, I, I don't like downhill finishes. I think they're silly. <laughs> I know basically, basically, basically you want another rooftop uh, rendezvous because that's basically a downhill finish as well. So James, I think the downhill finish, especially the steering added, it it's there's so much skill in it. Like you, the the draft is so much more staying in the draft until you make you try to make your decisive move. Uh, I, I I just think it's too dependent on your weight. I think it's more dependent on timing and skill than it is on your weight. And I, I I'm firmly in a middle. I'm firmly a middleweight guy. Sure, but. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, I think it's the what was the course we did recently that finishes through McCurry. Um like the little village there and then you have a downhill finish. That that felt a bit like if you attacked in the village you could just stay off the front um for a couple of Ks. Um and we were working quite hard to catch a guy um he was off the front. We couldn't ca catch him which is because <laughs> the speeds are higher up. Right? Yeah it'd be interesting. Like the steer the steering's really cool. Like the um I don't think I've worked it out yet but I think that's a me and my coordination problem. <laughs> than uh, the steering problem. But yeah, it, it's pretty cool. Um, you can do some more shenanigans with it. You can definitely increase your panache by diving right or left and attacking a kilometer. So. Oh, Steve, you, you, need to, um, you need to watch Federation Finals. There's like panache central. Where can we watch those, James? Are they on the Zwift YouTube channels? Um, the Canadian one is on Zwift Community Live. The French one are on their Twitch channels, but I don't have the hands. And Denmark did their own production as well. Um, so I will find links and attach them to a comment on the Facebook post with this podcast afterwards. And Thank you. Are, are all the routes having fixed power-ups at the banners where you get power-ups like every single race has got that am i reading that right yes okay fairly certain they all do um yes interesting 
So power-ups can be, uh, if, if you watched any of the um, CGP events, uh, sort of Grand Prix, um, you might have seen somewhere specific power-ups are offered at specific banners. So you then have the choice of, actually, do I want to use that power-up at the next whatever, or do I want to hang on to it for somewhere where it might be a little bit more useful later on in the race? Yeah, well, it's been I, the only, well, I guess we've had those in ZRL, kind of that same system. True, yeah. But then the other um, place that we've kind of had a similar thing, although this would might start to fall into the things that annoyed me about Zwift in the last month, is the <laughs> Tour to Zwift in the, I can't remember if it's in the race versions or the ride versions, but where you get like one, you get one power up. And if you use it, you're done. And then next time you go through every other banner is just a an xp i honestly cannot remember any power-up customization on tdz i guess so, yeah one of the tdz's i can't remember it was the the race version of tdz's like the epic you know what i mean they were called were they called epic race is that what they were yeah. called yeah i feel it was in those that you just got the one power up and then when you use it you were done okay that, that's interesting that, um i'll definitely have a look back it messed me up uh, yeah. You know what the best surprise power-up I got in the last week was? Steamroller? No, first banner at uh, in uh, ZRL was a 250 XP. Yay, big XP. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't have that. And I was like, oh, giddy up. I love it. So really, really useful. I think big XP, you have, a, if you spin XP, you have a 1% chance of getting big XP. So basically for every 100 XPs that you might have won at the banner, so that's basically 1 in 400 chance. Except when you, you're you on a climb portal. Yeah, <laughs> climb portal. Yeah. yeah, which I don't know. Again, I, you know, I always sort of talk about the rap over on here sometimes, but I was listening to Nathan Garrett talk about his like sort of min-maxing the... Uh, xp on the climb portals right he's just like on like cheddar gorge going like five watts per kilo to the top in repeats and getting all seven segments and you know whatever what would that take him like nine minutes to cheddar gorge or something i think i, I was like so i i did four cheddar gorges in an hour and a half up and down and that was like zone three like nothing particularly hard um but in terms of like the big XP on Climb Portal, that was definitely an issue when we first launched. But you'd get big XP almost every other, so you like get it like five times. On, oh, is on it a been climb. deprecated now? Uh, there were definitely um, levels of, um, but there, there's definitely been a fix. I, I don't know to what extent it has been fixed. Interesting. Well, there you go. But there's there's, there's definitely. I don't think I've got it at all on my four laps of Cheddar Gorge. So, but um, if Rebecca Hansen is listening, um, we do need to refer to it as Cheddar George. <laughs> Cheddar George. I, I will send her the link to this podcast. <laughs> Love it. Excellent. Love it. I, I'll just when, also say a viewer, a viewer, <laughs> yeah, or a listener. Oh, we, we, we have no video. Like a very regular loyal group. Um, I'll also say for on the women's racing stuff that, um, again, 
the rap was an amazing episode this past week with those two gals. Becca Nixon and M. Nyquist. Right. Um, they were amazing. I've, I've, I've been speaking, I mean, I, she said during the uh, podcast, but um, Becca and I have been talking for like the last probably six to 12 months about various ins and outs of racing events, anything that makes like a women's event better. Um, and um, her passion behind the uh, the women's site on um, Twist Insider has been phenomenal. Um, and I hope it lets us launch women's racing in a way that we can include it in our monthly racing programs where I don't have to worry about, are we going to get 50 people turning up to this event? Because um, I, 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 I really want women's racing on Zwift to succeed. Um, but there are a number of events that have like less than five people turn up and no one finishing. Um, so by including these in Zwift games, this is our first real push to try and make um, women's only racing work. And I really hope it does. Yeah. So if you're if you're curious about what he's referring to in that website, it's swiftinsider.com slash WMN. So go if you're a if you're a lady, listen to this and you're curious about racing or whatever the heck we're talking about, go there. I mean, ask us questions and herd, ask us in herd racing. We'll help you all out too. Any of us, Mary Line, anyone else who's been um, on here. But uh, if you'd like to take part in the um let's call it swimming, um the women's only um Zwift Games events. It's Zwift.com forward slash events forward slash tag forward slash ZG2024 WMN, which I'm sure everyone will remember. So if you just I, heard I, that, I will... get your pen out, rewind back <laughs> for 30 seconds, and write that down. I will or also James is put it in a comment afterwards. Yes, indeed. That too. So what do the community people get when we win? Do we just get like a lame yellow hat or something? Well, it's funny you should mention that, Brent, because <laughs> I do have the page open that tells me all of this information. And I had anticipated this being the first question before you asked me about various other things. However, um, so five stages. If you complete one stage, you win Adidas shoes. If you complete two stages, you get the Oakley sunglasses. Three stages, you get the Zwift, the Zwift Games kit. Four stages, you get the Zwift Games gloves and socks. And finally, if you complete all five stages, you get the gold cap, which is surely enough reason for anyone to want to complete all five stages. You can be bathed in gold on your head, which in my case will um, hide my receding hairline. I will say that's She's... actually one of the better looking hats on Swift. <laughs> There's some terrible ones, so. Or my gray. My blonde uh, highlights. I'll I tell you what, Craig. Like, um, that they are to my wife. <laughs> um, I used to like shave and get rid of like the white hairs, but now I shaved and the, the stubble is now white. Oh. Makes me sad. Or old, or both. Well, that's why there's Zwift, right? We're forever young on Zwift. Indeed. So uh any of us planning on doing Zwift games? And I, I think I'm 
I, I, now that that ZRLs coming to an end, it, it looks like it might be another another thing to keep me keep me motivated. Yeah, as, yeah. as as the employee, I'm going to say yes. Obviously, of course, I'm going to be doing Zwift games. Um, I just don't want to do the Alp. <laughs> <laughs> like um, 81 kilometers of an epic, I have no issue with, but well, I just don't want to race up the Alp again. <laughs> At least it's not vent up, James. Well, I kind of I did vent up on Monday, to be honest. Why? Did... James, I remember just how. Yeah, James, do you have flashbacks you about after when you did Ventop in uh, the first <laughs> club championships? I was the top of all these. You, that was an amazing climb, but you were dead afterwards. Oh, mate, I, I, I couldn't do anything for a week. Um, I know. <laughs> I, I, I did, I did Ventop at like 3.95. And then the time trial at about 2.9. And that was all I could do. <laughs> Except for that last sprint on Dutchie. <laughs> yeah, the one oh, I, I, I was really, like, my, I think I did, like, 14 and a half for 15 seconds because I was so angry. <laughs> uh, for those of you who are new to the herd, in the first club championship, as James described, he, he, I have won the bees on Ventop, died, could not do the rest of the races, got dropped in the bullseye, which was, I think, the last stage or maybe the second to last yeah, stage. Lost. Was the last. Yeah. But after being dropped, he absolutely murdered the last sprint. Like there's been no sprint murdered before after he cruised around the last four laps after getting dropped at like 1.5. <laughs> So <laughs> it was beautiful, and we all enjoyed it immensely as we were all like dying and breathing and just laughing. <laughs> oh, deep sigh. <laughs> stuff. Well, I think perhaps with that little trip down memory lane, uh, we will say thank you to Steve Pritchard, Mary Line DeVlager, Chris Greeland, uh, who all left for other <laughs> in the meantime. Thank you to Sean Fogenberg. Thank you to you, Stephette Jen. Thank you to Greg Martin. And an extra special thank you for his pink tron return to James Bailey. Moo and good night. Thank you very much for having me. Thanks. Night.